Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi-ho. <laughs> Welcome to Kids Birth Tales. My brother's name is Ayi and I'm Dai Boy. Thank you for missing from Mommy's. Kia ora and welcome to this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am your host Jordan. I'm a mum of two. I've got Jai who will be four very soon which is crazy and I've got Ali who's just turned two. I also have a business baby, Your Birth Project, which is my online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth. If you're pregnant or know someone who is, make sure you check out Your Birth Project. It's got all of the information that you need to feel empowered and confident heading into your birth and it covers all types of topics that you probably won't even hear about in your antenatal class. So make sure you go and check that out to have your best possible birth. Today I am speaking with Christy and she is going to share with us her pregnancy and birth stories. She suffers a miscarriage for her first pregnancy experience so she talks us through that in quite um, a detailed account. So if you don't feel ready for that you could either choose to skip through that part of the episode or maybe give this one a miss for today. She then goes on to have two pregnancies and births. The first one was an emergency c-section and the second one is a planned c-section. She's a mum who didn't learn anything about C-sections before her first birth because she didn't think it was going to happen to her, which is such a normal feeling um, and lots of people have those thoughts, but she wishes that she knew more about it before she went into birth. So I think it's a really interesting perspective to hear from Christy and she does a beautiful job of telling her story. I know that you're going to love this one, so I know you've been hanging out for it too. I will let you jump into it and enjoy the episode. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to find me, do so at Kiwi Birth Tales or at Your Birth Project on Instagram or on email jordan, J-O-R-D-Y-N at kiwibirthtales.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Christy. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Jordan. No worries. Would you like to tell us a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, sure. So my name's Christy. Um, I live in Papamoa with my family and I have my partner Hunter, my two-year-old son Koa and my three-month-old daughter Kiwa. Cool. And we're going to talk through um, your sort of mum life journey today. So that's everything from pregnancy to birth and postpartum. Um, And I'm sure we've got a lot to cover. But why don't we start with um, your journey to pregnancy the first time around? So talk us through that. Yeah, sure. So the first time around was a bit of a shock. I actually wasn't with my partner at this stage. So I was a single girl um, (laughs) and, yeah, found out I was pregnant, um, which was, yeah, a huge shock. Was not expecting it at all. Um, So, yeah, I was with a few friends when I did the test. I missed my period, so that was yeah, why I decided to take a test. Mm. Um, yeah, and it was just complete shock. Um, mm. But I think a part of me was a little bit excited. I've always wanted to be a mum, but obviously mm. uh, I wasn't in a set relationship or 
um yeah I felt quite young and wasn't quite ready mm. um so yeah that pregnancy was I think the start of it was kind of making a decision whether or not I was going to keep that pregnancy mm. um and I remember I rang my mum and I just said you need to come over to Papamoa and she lives in Taupo and yeah my mum hopped in the car and drove over and I told her I was <laughs> pregnant I was crying and it was yeah I was really worried what they would think because they knew mm. I didn't have a, a boyfriend um but yeah that mum was super supportive and she just said this is so exciting and all of the rest of it so that made me feel a lot better um and then she drove back to Taupo and I was, yeah, feeling pretty good about it. Um, yeah. And told Hunter, who, <laughs> um, yeah, was the father, and he was shocked as well. I think it took him mm-hmm. a little while to come to terms, but he was amazing. And I think from that day we pretty much moved straight in with each other, um, which seems a bit oh, crazy wow. now. But, <laughs> yeah, we didn't really leave each other's side since I found out I was pregnant um yeah yeah. and then I had a miscarriage so I think I was around eight weeks I went to the dating scan um Mm -hmm. and the lady said to me there's a heartbeat but it's not a super strong one so don't be surprised if in a few days time um things don't progress and so, yeah, that was a bit of a shock. I kind of mm. thought, whoa, what do you mean? Um, mm, mm. Yeah, and she was right. And a few days later, I started bleeding and um, I went and had an ultrasound that morning and, yeah, there was no no heartbeat. Mm. And were you with, like, had you found a midwife and stuff like that? Like, was there someone... Um, like a care provider sort of supporting you through that period? Yeah, no, I actually didn't have a midwife or I didn't Mm. uh, contact anyone, which uh, I think what I know now seems crazy to me. You know, if I was pregnant Mm. now, the first thing I would do would be uh, find a midwife. But I guess I just didn't really know. So I just went through my GP um, to confirm my pregnancy. Mm. And, yeah, then my GP was incredible. She phoned me and sorted out the scans and all the rest um, but yeah I know so no I didn't have uh didn't really have any support actually after that happened because it was mm. no further contact with my doctor and it was just cool see you <laughs> yeah yeah and what about like you and Hunter you know you said like you were not in a relationship at the time and then you find out that you're pregnant and you sort of like move in together yeah um, and I guess de- dealing with the shock of an unexpected pregnancy and then the shock shock of a pregnancy loss like how how did you guys cope with that how did you cope with that mentally talk us through yeah that period yeah that was a that was a tricky one because I think mm. we both felt really brave um telling our parents and um, that was a big thing for us having to tell all of our friends and uh believe me when I say we told absolutely everyone we were pregnant Um, I think I told uh every single one of my friends when I was about four or five weeks pregnant um which was helpful for us because they were a great support but yeah Hunter and I just never left 
each other's side really from mm-hmm. from then and he was a great support and I think in those short few weeks we just kind of came to terms with it and he's always wanted to be a dad as well um not mm. so early but yeah he he was excited and yeah then it was just a big shock when it was kind of over but mm. yeah we just didn't leave each other from then and I think it yeah really formed a solid um yeah. relationship for us yeah that experience I guess like quite um massive change in your relationship and yeah I can only imagine how that would um build a bond and yeah in that sort of strange and sad way I guess yeah I guess I would have thought most guys you know would have left finding out that Mm. someone's pregnant um or let alone as soon as the miscarriage happened but no he Mm. was amazing and yeah was such a such a strong support for me Mm, that's so nice to hear and did you experience um like any pain or any like real physical symptoms with your miscarriage um I don't actually think I felt any pain but I Mm. just started having massive clots on the toilet Mm. that was when it started um yeah yeah a lot of clots I couldn't believe how much kind of came out Mm. considering I was Mm probably about eight maybe nine weeks pregnant um but yeah just just big clots and Mm. yeah I a little bit crampy but that was about it and I didn't go it I didn't go to the doctors or I didn't you know go and get a DNC or anything afterwards Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. got it all out on the toilet I guess and then Mm. yeah carried on yeah and how did you sort of recover from that? Like, did you feel, um, yeah, I guess just how was your mental health in that period and, and what were you sort of going through with that? And then, yeah, maybe talk us through the next little while um, getting into your relationship and then eventually falling pregnant the second time around. Yeah, sure. So I think mentally I was actually okay because, like I said, we were tossing up whether to – keep the pregnancy Mm. or not so I think I had in my head thought about not having the baby but when I Mm. had decided that no like I do want this and it was quite hard to come to terms with losing it Um, but I think honestly my mentality after I had that miscarriage was I just want to be pregnant again which seems (laughs) yeah a bit crazy to some people but I think I was just so sure that I wanted to have a baby mm. and mm. Um, yeah Hunter and I were great we did stuff every day and hung out all the time and um, yeah we just carried on our relationship and then I fell pregnant two months after my miscarriage so oh, really wow. really quickly afterwards which uh, I felt really lucky but I was also almost certain that I was going to have a miscarriage again. Mm, yeah, um, and did that make you, like, feel, were you having a lot of anxiety around that, or how were you sort of dealing with that? Yeah, I think I just mentally prepared myself to have a miscarriage again. I mean, mm. I had, it sounds so silly now, but I had never even considered myself having a miscarriage before I had one. I just mm. hadn't heard of anyone having one. Um, but, I mean, it's one in four, so... 
Mm. You know, if you're out for coffee with three of your friends, it's that's the statistic that one of you would, mm. you know, have a miscarriage. And that's so, that's that's crazy. That's so many people. But mm. yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of it. So, um, but yeah, the second time I just thought, no, I'm definitely having a miscarriage again. And I think I went into that first scan thinking, yeah, there'll, there'll be no heartbeat. Um, mm. But so yeah, I guess I did have a bit of anxiety through that pregnancy. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I just kind of thought the worst all the time. I didn't want to celebrate it too much because I thought it was just going to end, which was mm. a bit sad. Yeah, that is sad. And did you find a midwife like earlier in your pregnancy this time? Yeah, I did. I um, messaged Carmen as soon as I was pregnant, and yeah, I was really lucky that she had space for me and was able to take care of me and yeah mm. midwife was just so incredible yeah awesome and were you talking to her about like how you were feeling in your pregnancy around your like anxiety about pregnancy loss and did she have any tips for you at the time or yeah how was she supporting you with that yeah a little bit I think I I think she was just really good with um allowing me to ask questions and have reassurance mm. and probably doing more um yeah more scans or more <laughs> checking the heartbeat etc at our yeah. appointments just so that I could have yeah. that reassurance but yeah yeah awesome and how were you feeling in that first trimester like outside of the sort of anxiety piece what about your physical symptoms how were you um yeah how did this pregnancy play out yeah I was I was quite sick um, and we were in it. We were in actually a really tricky time because I was working full time as a teacher. Um, and Hunter and I, when I said earlier we lived together, he moved into the flat that I was in, so it wasn't just the two of us. Um, mm. And then that flat ended, and so Hunter moved into his friend's place in Pangaroa, and I was finding a flat. And I felt really funny about trying to find a new flat while I was pregnant and mm. yeah that was all a bit of a struggle so it was all a little bit up in the air um those early days and I was just really sick just vomiting um mm. didn't yeah couldn't get food down um felt really yuck and kind of just nauseous and dizzy the whole time but as soon as I hit probably 10 weeks I was perfectly fine so <laughs> it just yeah. went pretty much overnight which yeah, yeah, it was just so amazing. I felt so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. And when you talk about, like, finding a flat and, you know, that sort mm. of living um, situation when your previous flat ended, did you and Hunter have plans for, like, towards the end of your pregnancy? And what were you, like, thinking for when baby was here? How was that? Um, how were you hoping that would play out? Yeah, so ideally we were looking for a place for the two of us um but it was quite tricky to find a place actually mm. and we're both not from here so we didn't have too many contacts at the time but yeah we were really lucky to find a flat when I was maybe three months pregnant and oh, awesome yeah so we moved in just the two of us and yeah started our little life as a family mm. soon to be <laughs> yeah 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 awesome. 
Cool. And what about like all of the testing and stuff that's offered in New Zealand? Did you do all the testing? Did you want to find out the sex of your baby? How did you go with that? Yeah, we did do all of the testing and we did find out the sex at the 20 week scan. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, we, we did a little gender reveal thing. So my sister knew, but yeah, Mm -hmm. we, um, we found out then and had a reveal of that it was a boy and that was so exciting. I think Hunter desperately wanted a boy and mm. I wasn't too bothered, but mm. yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what about um, birth education? So did you do antenatal classes or anything like that in your pregnancy to prepare for birth? Yeah. So I did hatched antenatal, which um, nice. was, in-person classes through my midwife she facilitated that program and yeah that was really really great I'm so glad I did that Mm. yeah awesome cool and what were your plans like did you have a birth plan did you have thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go what were you thinking throughout your pregnancy yeah it's funny because through those antenatal classes um come and focused a lot on the fourth trimester and I remember when I was pregnant I didn't care about anything to do with that all I cared about was the birth that was Mm. all I that was all I was worried about um but I am so glad it was you know primarily on the fourth trimester because that's that's definitely um the most important but yeah Mm. I was just so focused on the birth and I remember we had to do these little cue card things about how our birth could look and you know how we would feel Mm. and cesarean came up and I just thought I don't even need to think about that because that's not that's Mm. not happening to me um and that seems so silly thinking back now (laughs) but that was genuinely how I felt um I Mm. don't need to worry about a cesarean because I'm young I'm healthy and you know that's that's not going to happen to me. And mm. So, yeah, I, did, I just didn't really actually consider anything except having a vaginal birth. I thought I would quite like to be in water. And I even considered a, being at the birthing centre, which I don't think I would be able to do looking back now. Mm. But, yeah, so I think I definitely had ideas of how I wanted slash thought my birth would, would go. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talk us through, before we get into your birth story, um, talk us through the sort of end stages of your pregnancy. How were you feeling in the third trimester and, yeah, towards reaching your due date? Yeah, I was feeling really good, actually. Um, I was quite lucky. I had decided to finish up work on my due date. Um, I just wanted to push through so that I had more time off afterwards. Mm. But I was quite lucky that we went into a bit of a lockdown, I think, about three weeks before my due date. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we moved into a lockdown. So I was able to work from home as a teacher for those past those last three weeks. And that was so nice to just be resting and, yeah, be at home, but still um, making an income and yeah just being able to sort everything out so mm. I was lucky on on that front that I had that relaxing time before the birth so yeah I felt really good actually yeah. there were no issues yeah. towards that end period 
Yeah, nice. And were you doing anything to prepare for birth? Like, um, I don't know, any of the raspberry leaf teas or antenatal expressing, like any of that stuff? Yeah, I did. I tried a little bit of all of that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm not sure on any of it, but <laughs> I had just heard that that was a good thing to do. Yeah. So I, yeah. I tried a bunch of it. Um, I did the curb walking once and felt like, an absolute idiot so I didn't do that again <laughs> yeah 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 the walking such a funny one especially when you're so pregnant like I feel like people yeah. driving past you must just be like oh my god that poor woman <laughs> I know and I, oh, I lived yeah. next door to the school I worked at I work at an intermediate and I thought oh my gosh if these kids see me they're just gonna rip me a new one Awesome. Cool. And just take us through, yeah, your labor starting. Was it spontaneous? How far along were you? And then, yeah, into your labor and birth story. Yeah, so I was quite lucky that I went into labor on my due date. Um, so I actually didn't know if I was in labor or not. And I remember everyone saying to me, no, you'll know if you're in labor. But mm. I genuinely didn't. I felt crampy and a bit uncomfortable but it kind of just felt like period pains and yeah I wasn't sure if it was labor or not so I let mm. my midwife know and she just said you know just to carry on with what you're doing and when they get close call me again um your contractions so yeah we carried on with the day um and then things ramped up quite a bit and I said to Hunter no I'm definitely in labor so mm. Yeah, we jumped in the car, went through the Macca's drive through um, <laughs> got some dinner and, yeah, just waited at home until things ramped up. This was probably around 6 p.m. Um, and I put my TENS machine on, so I had a TENS machine and that was great to manage the contractions mm. at the start. Um, but then I started to feel really miserable um probably around 10 p.m and I was just vomiting a lot um mm. which yeah I, I didn't think I would I just didn't expect that to to happen yeah. but I just kept vomiting with every contraction mm. and then feeling really nauseous and I couldn't get any water down or mm. whatever so I just said to Hunter take me to the hospital I feel terrible um so yeah, we phoned Carmen and said, I, I need to come in now. And yeah, we, we got to the hospital um, and I asked for an epidural straight away. I said, please mm. give me an epidural. Um, yeah. And I think I had to wait maybe five hours for it. Mm -hmm. um, they said, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll get them in now. But there was, it was through the night at this stage and the mm. anaesthetist was with someone else. So, yeah, um, it was a bit of a wait for the epidural. But mm. as soon as I got that, it was, yeah, game-changing. <laughs> it was, mm. I felt so much better. Um, yeah, and did the um, vomiting stop? I was vomiting up until I got the epidural. Mm, yeah so sort of went away yeah yeah so I remember I jumped in the shower before I got the epidural and 
Hunter was kind of fanning me with a sick bowl because I just felt so hot. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it wasn't wasn't a pretty time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And, and yeah. how did things go once you had the epidural? Talk us through, yeah, what happened next. Yeah, so I got the epidural and felt really good. I think I was pushing that little button and topping it up to the max every time. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, managed to get some rest and I think at that point I kind of started thinking to myself what's going on because mm. nothing was nothing was kind of happening and I think it had been maybe 12 hours at that point and I was just kind of thinking what isn't my baby supposed to be here now <laughs> what's mm-hmm. what's going on and I didn't feel any I didn't feel closer I didn't feel any urge to push or I didn't feel anything like that um yeah, and then I think what happened in the end was it just went on for a little bit longer and nothing was happening and I started to have blood in my catheter. Mm. Um, and so that, yeah, I guess sent some alarm bells and so they got a doctor in and he came and checked and, yeah, then it was kind of all go from there. They just said things aren't really progressing how we'd like them to. Baby's fine at this stage, but um, how would you feel about having a caesarean? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, in that moment, I just said, yeah, just get this baby up. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Carmen tried a few different positions on the bed with my legs and rotating me but I guess baby just wasn't coming down that was what was mm. happening like um his head was still quite far from where it needed to be and yeah yeah then a few things started started happening like the blood and um the water hadn't broken and all of that kind of stuff so mm. yeah we we went into theatre um I don't really remember a lot I think I was just so exhausted that yeah. yeah things just went so fast I don't remember signing papers or anything like that whereas Hunter said I did um <laughs> but yeah I think I kind of realized one minute Hunter had scrubs on I was dressed in this wee uniform and we were yeah getting rolled into theater um and I don't remember much of the cesarean but I just remember um yeah, hearing my baby cry and he was he was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how were you feeling? Do you do you remember the emotion or like how you were feeling at that time when you first met him? Talk us through like the next couple of minutes when he was first born. Yeah, I think I was actually just so exhausted. I didn't really know what to think. And yeah. I remember I had the shakes really badly. Um, I was just yeah shaking really bad and they said do you want to hold him and I said no 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 I I can't hold him I'll Mm. I'll drop him (laughs) so (laughs) he didn't actually come up on my chest or anything like that um he actually went into that a little mini I don't know what it's called little bed thingy and they had an oxygen mask over him because he wasn't maybe he wasn't crying or I don't know, something was going on. Um, mm. But they assured me that he was fine and he just needed yeah. yeah, a little bit of extra help. And Hunter was with him. So they went over to the corner and did all of that while I was getting 
stitched back up. So yeah, I hadn't really seen him in those first few few minutes. Um, yeah. But then once he was breathing fine and all of the rest, they brought him over to me and Hunter kind of held him on my on my shoulder chest while I was on the bed. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just I guess I just couldn't believe that I had a baby. <laughs> it was just <laughs> yeah, so amazing. But just a bit of shock as well and I think yeah. I was kind of like whoa what just happened <laughs> what have the last yeah. 24 hours been yeah amazing and I know like I'm sure so many people out there are in the same kind of boat where like you go through antenatal classes and you don't even give cesarean a second thought because you're just like oh I won't need one of those yeah, um, yeah I know <laughs> yeah but once you had one like was it like was it what you had expected like even though you hadn't given a cesarean much thought like was it painful I guess for mums listening to this and I know you said you didn't remember much of your cesarean but um yeah I guess for someone who's listening to this and it might be the only piece of information that they hear about a cesarean how would you sort of describe it or yeah what would you say to yourself if you could go back to that first time and sort of yeah talk it through yeah I, I really wish I just considered the idea of having a cesarean because mm. yeah like I say I I didn't even consider it so I didn't I didn't know things about it I didn't know that you could bring music into the theater I didn't know that mm. you could ask to have your baby straight on your chest afterwards I I didn't know um yeah I didn't know little things like that I didn't know that mm. you could um have photos you know that your midwife could take photos of the cesarean and and all of the rest of it so I guess I just wasn't prepared in that sense but what I do remember is that it was a really beautiful experience and the doctors were just so lovely and they really talked you through every step and made sure Mm. you felt comfortable and fine and um yeah it happened so so quickly I think from when they start your babies with you in 15 minutes um yeah, I remember f- with Koa feeling, definitely feeling uh, when they'd say, do you feel this? And you'd kind of prick your skin and say, yes, I do feel it. Please don't start. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so they had to, um, I don't know, what do you call it, block me up a little bit more because I could I could feel the cut a little bit. But when they yeah. started, I could feel the pulling and the tugging, like everyone says, but it definitely was not painful. And, mm. yeah, I felt really, um, really good and comfortable yeah. um, laying there, as comfortable as I as I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Cool. And what sort of happened next? Like, do you remember the feeling of, like, going to your room and did you – like how long did you have to wait before you could stand up and have a shower and yeah, you've got a baby to think about and all of this, like how, yeah, how were the next couple of hours and, and uh, next few days? Yeah, it was pretty wild not being able to move, move my body. I, I think mm. I struggled with that a lot, actually, just not being able to, yeah, get up and walk around and I yeah. had the catheter um, there still. So uh, it was yeah, just things attached to you and mm-hmm. a baby yeah. also. And I um, I felt, yeah, just tired and I just wanted to sleep, but I also just wanted to try and breastfeed and hold my baby and 
Mm. Um, yeah, I think the one thing I remember from that time was Hunter having to leave, I think, at 8 p.m. because we were still, I think we were level three lockdown. So, mm. yeah, yeah Hun- Hunter had to leave. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what what am I going to do all night without him mm. and with this baby on my own? But to be honest, it was probably a blessing in disguise that Hunter got to go home and have a full night's sleep after, you know, a really long labour and, um, yeah. yeah, all of that. And it was actually really lucky he went home because he, as he was driving down the driveway, he said he smelt this wicked smell um, and a candle was still burning in our house from when, um, oh, before no. I went into labour. Yeah, it was one of those oh, no. Peter Alexander caramel ones, and she just said the smell oh, no. was just so sickly sweet. Um, so I thought, oh, thank God he went home before anything bad with that happened. Yeah. And how did you find that night, like when he did go home? Like, I just remember. I think back now and it just seems like so surreal and crazy thinking about like your first baby after a cesarean mm-hmm. and being there on your own overnight like yeah how were you feeling that night how did you find trying to care for um Koa at the same time yeah. as like recovering from a c-section talk us through that I remember I just kept looking over thinking oh my gosh how are you real how do I have a baby mm-hmm. um yeah. but I guess we'll get into it shortly, but the one thing I really struggled with right from the get-go was the breastfeeding, um, mm. and I think that really changed my whole experience with a newborn was yeah. how difficult that was um, because that was all I thought about. Like, it just consumed my mind, the breastfeeding, mm. when he needed mm. to be fed next, Um it was so painful every time he latched on. And, yeah, so that's that's kind of all I remember from those beginning stages of my recovery. Mm. I wasn't worried about my body. I was worried about my breasts. <laughs> like, mm. I had such severe nipple damage. Um, I was bleeding, big scabs all over my nipples, mm. like right from day one. So, yeah, it was it was pretty hectic. Um, and I think yeah. that kind of took over from my pain elsewhere because that just mm. seemed like the most, yeah, the most painful. That is the most painful part, I swear. <laughs> like, those, those like, scabs and, like, cracks and bleeding nipples when you're trying to feed a baby is just, yeah. like, such an awful pain. Yeah, I can re- resonate with that. Yeah, it was almost unbearable. And I... Mm. Again, like the cesarean, didn't really even consider not being able to breastfeed. I just mm. thought that it would it would happen and it would be easy and fine. Um, yeah. But no, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he would just honestly have the strongest suction ever. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, he actually like pulled some parts of my nipple off, so mm. I was just bleeding. Yeah, then they were scabbing over and then I'd have to feed him again and all of the advice I would get was just put him back on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was really tricky. Yeah. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And how long did that last? Like, did you persevere with breastfeeding as you went home? And yeah, talk us through your breastfeeding journey from there. Yeah, I persevered until I think he was eight weeks old. And I think I just Mm -hmm. had a bit of a breakdown and said, I can't keep doing this it was it was just round the clock it was feeding him mm. then I um, pump a bit afterwards which oh yeah that was why I had mastitis a few times and um mm-hmm. back back then I was encouraged to, to pump to relieve the yeah to relieve the engorged yeah. breast so yeah I was p- pumping um then I was feeding him and then Hunter would sometimes give him a bottle of the pumped milk and yeah, I, I didn't realise at the time until someone said to me afterwards, you're actually triple feeding, um, mm. which I'd never heard that term. But, yeah, it was breastfeeding, pumping and bottle feeding. Um, mm. So it was honestly just clockwork. Um, yeah, yeah. Around the clock feeding. or That was all I kind of thought about was the mm. feeding. Yeah. And was it given, like, was it making you anxious or, like, how were you feeling mentally in that time? Yeah, I definitely felt anxious. That was the one thing that, yeah, made me feel rattled was the feeding. Yeah. And yeah. I was trying nipple shields as well. So, yeah, sometimes Koa would draw my nipple through the nipple shield. So mm. I don't know if you know a nipple shield, but it's got the four little yeah. dots at the top. Yeah. He'd draw my nipple through it and it would just be like, bubbles of skin so I'd have to pop mm. them back through the holes and oh was, my god Christy you uh, explaining that just gives me the shivers up my honestly oh god it was so horrific and I actually yeah. just wish someone said to me just stop just stop <laughs> like yeah. I, I, yeah yeah just stop just mm. get some formula just feed them mm. um mm. but I didn't have anyone yeah who kind of I guess knew or who could tell me that mm. so mm. yeah I just carried on um, and then I think when he was maybe three months old maybe four months four months the breast was absolutely done um, yeah. and I stopped pumping by four months and he was yeah yeah exclusively formula fed and that just changed my life <laughs> yeah. I was so much happier I actually started to enjoy motherhood and Mm. having a baby and it didn't consume my yeah my mind the whole time which is so sad to me looking back on now I'm like god why didn't you just stop straight away Mm, it's Um, so hard the first time though right like your first time experiencing that your first time being a mum it's just yeah it is so yeah. hard to know that you have other options unless someone like really explicitly <laughs> says it to you. Yeah. It's really hard to know. Yeah, I guess I almost just wanted permission that it was okay mm. to do that. And I don't know yeah. why I needed I don't know why I needed that from someone else, but um I just needed someone to be like, 
just stop. It's not working for you. Mm. Uh, just get some formula and give them a bottle. Yeah. And just tell <laughs> you that it's okay and that your baby's going to be okay and that you're doing a great job, yeah. like all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you find, like, sort of once that was all over and you sort of talked to around four months, like being fully formula fed? And yeah. you get to start enjoying mum life and enjoying yeah. your baby and just like, yeah, enjoying everything. How did you find, yeah, adjusting to life after that? Like, what were the things that you found that you were loving about being a mum? Just, yeah, I guess talk us through having a baby at that stage. Yeah, I just absolutely loved being a mum. It was, mm. yeah, it's just the best thing ever. Um <laughs> I loved everything with Koa. We'd just go for walks every day and hang out down at the beach. And it was summer. It was summertime. He was born in September. So it was that really sweet age, that three, four, five, mm. six months when, yeah, over summer. And it was just the best. Our whole family was so smitten with him. <laughs> um, yeah, we had our family and friends over all of the time just helping and yeah loving on him and yeah I just adore him so much (laughs) yeah yeah, amazing and how did you go physically like your recovery from your c-section um I guess those couple of months in did you notice any like pain or anything that you couldn't do from your c-section or did it heal pretty well yeah I actually struggled with this c-section recovery um I just felt yuck for probably mm. a good month um I remember thinking oh my god I've got the worst hunchback ever and it's never going mm. to go away <laughs> I was just constantly hunched over mm. and um yeah just feeling like I could barely walk it was kind of just that small one foot in front of the other walk and um yeah at the start I didn't pick Koa I didn't pick Koa up a lot because I was just worried something was going to tear or stitch. So Hunter mm. would always pick him up and give him two me to breastfeed. And yeah, it was, it was actually quite rough, that recovery. Um, mm. I remember being quite surprised with how slow it was to feel normal again. Mm. Um, but in terms of the scar and sort of that kind of stuff, everything was fine and, and good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah awesome yeah and how did you and Hunter go as a couple adjusting to life as parents and yeah bringing your baby into your family how did you find that journey yeah we found that that journey really good actually um I guess we didn't really know any different like I hear on the podcast some couples um you know kind of had a life together pre-baby but I guess we Mm. almost didn't so yeah. um yeah we we just loved it and we've been really lucky hunter still hasn't gone back to work um so it's been the two of us home for these two years now um mm-hmm. so i've always had him around and he's just yeah the most amazing father he's yeah. he's been studying online so he's been yeah finishing a degree mm-hmm. but doing it online yeah. so it's actually worked out really well um because he's been able to be yeah at home yeah 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 no it's been great 
Amazing. And I obviously know that you've got one more baby now. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to talk us through, like, did you always know that you wanted to have more than one? Were you talking about having a baby? Were, was it a surprise? Like, yeah, talk us through falling pregnant with Kiwa. Yeah, I, I always knew, and so did Hunter, that we wanted more than one. Um, and I desperately wanted a daughter, um, but Hunter desperately wanted a brother for Koa. So, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Were, we were definitely sure that we wanted another baby. And yeah. we didn't really talk about it or think about it, I think, until Koa turned one. And then we kind of, yeah, started having the conversation about mm. when the right time to have a baby was. So we just decided to start trying, and if it happened, it happened. But if it didn't happen for a while, then that was okay too. So, yeah, that was kind of how things started. I think it was literally the night that Koa turned one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That we spoke about it. And, yeah, I think it took maybe the third month um, of trying that, yeah, I fell pregnant with with Kiwa and yeah that was very exciting we were yeah we were we were stoked and I couldn't quite believe it I got um Koa to hand the test to Hunter and he was yeah shocked but it was just such a different experience because this time we were like stoked shocked not yeah not holy shit shocked we were just like (laughs) yay yeah yeah oh my god yeah cool and how were you feeling in this pregnancy was it different to your first yeah it was different to my first I actually felt really good this pregnancy Mm. um it was almost smooth sailing the whole way which yeah made me think oh does that mean it's a girl because it's so (laughs) different or is it you know just the second, second baby but I actually had a really good pregnancy with Kiwa and yeah, felt felt good. I think I stayed active throughout the pregnancy and that was a big difference. Um mm. yeah, compared to with Koa, I didn't really do anything at all. I I think yeah. I was worried about losing that pregnancy, which yeah. again sounds silly, but I didn't want to do anything, you know, too yeah. intense. Um whereas with Kiwa I yeah, stayed quite active and Felt really good. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And talk us through um, like the next sort of steps in your pregnancy. Did you want to have the same midwife and was she available? Did you do all of the standard testing um, again? And yeah, did you want to find out the sex this time around? Yeah, so we had the same midwife and she was available, which was really lucky. Um, We did all of the standard testing, same with Koa except we decided not to find out the sex of the baby this Mm -hmm. time. I think we just, yeah, wanted to have that feeling of surprise. So, yeah, yeah, we we went with not finding out the second time round. Nice, nice. And did you feel, like, any anxiety about pregnancy loss in this pregnancy? I think I did a little bit, but definitely not as much as yeah. I did with Koa because I think yeah. I thought in my head my body's done this and 
Mm. I know that I can, you know, hold a pregnancy. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't really let my mind, yeah, think about losing this pregnancy this time around, yeah. which was yeah. really nice. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Cool. And what about um, birth education this time? Did you want to do anything different to your first time? Did you do hatched again? What did that look like? Yeah, I didn't actually do anything the second time round. I think I was just so busy mum life yeah. um, that I didn't really think about it. But mm. Carmen did suggest that I do um, an online cesarean course. And nice. Yeah, so I did that and that was, yeah, really great. It was not too long, um, but it was just really informative and really delved yeah. into c-section and cesarean and um yeah in case that was what I had decided to do so yeah that was kind of the only birth education that I did the second time around yeah cool and how did you go with deciding if you wanted to have an elective cesarean or try and have a v-back like did you go back and forth in your pregnancy thinking about it or was it clear like how were you feeling there yeah I was so back and forth I think that was the hardest thing about the pregnancy (laughs) was deciding yeah yeah between those two um and again I'm the type of person I just wanted someone to tell me what Mm. what the right thing to do was Mm. um but no one obviously could um so yeah I found that really hard and I'd often say to Hunter what should I do and he'd always say just whatever you know whatever Mm. one you want and I was like no but tell (laughs) me what one (laughs) yeah Um, yeah and yeah, Carmen was the same. She was supportive either way. Um, and when I met with the obstetricians, I was really hoping that that appointment would, yeah, help help me and maybe mm-hmm. they would just tell me what was better medically. Um, yeah. Yeah, but they kind of said the reason for the first pregnancy, um, the reason you didn't have a vaginal birth was because of slow progression and that A could have been because your pelvis was too small um, mm. or B because of your baby and the position yeah. your baby was in. So they said that they would never be able to tell whether it was my pelvis or whether it, mm. you know, was was the position that Koa was in. Um, yeah. So I think that made me kind of feel like, well, if it was my pelvis, then the same thing's going to happen again and I Mm -hmm. really don't want to go through a labour if it's just going to end up in a cesarean. Yeah, yeah, and then I think it was my 20-week scan that they noticed my placenta was lying really low and it was almost covering my cervix. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they said to me that, yeah, you have to have a cesarean at this stage if it doesn't move. And so I think my mind just kind of went to cesarean. I was like, well, yeah. that's that's what it's going to be. Um, yeah. yeah, so then I went for a, another scan and it had moved. So it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it had completely moved. So I was, again, able to decide between the two. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I really wanted to have a VBAC. I just wanted to feel what it would feel like to have a vaginal mm. birth. But I think the yeah, that part of me really didn't want to have a stressful birth 
again yeah. the second time around yeah. and um yeah Carmen had said to me you can book in for a date for your cesarean and literally the night before if you decide you want a back, you could cancel it um mm-hmm. yeah so so we kind of went with that and I booked the date in um but yeah it was in the back of my mind literally until I went up for the cesarean that I could change if I wanted to yeah yeah awesome. um, cool and how were you feeling in the rest of your pregnancy talk us through your third trimester and like obviously you've got a little toddler running around and <laughs> yeah life is different to the first time that you're pregnant um with color so talk us through that yeah it's so different <laughs> um <laughs> I remember with color I would just lax out on the couch watch tv yes. just <laughs> yeah. chill out Whereas, yeah, absolutely could not do that this time around. So, I yeah, it was definitely um, tiring. But I think I just kept reminding myself it's going to be even more tiring when the baby's here. So you've mm-hmm. got it good at the moment. That's what I tried to tell myself anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I was lucky that I felt quite good through the pregnancy. I, I wasn't sick or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that good. Oh, and I know in your submission you said that you travelled to Europe when you were like 30 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you talk us through that. What was that experience like? Would you do it again or would you tell someone thinking about it? Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I actually forgot about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so we went to Europe uh, for about five weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, with a 20, 20 month old toddler, and I was, I think, yeah, 25. 26 weeks pregnant when we left um yeah yeah, that was wild um I felt fine from the pregnancy aspect that was that was good as gold but yeah traveling with a toddler would I recommend not sure (laughs) um he he was great but we definitely got a different experience out of Europe than what we would have had if it was just the two of us um Mm. But we were really lucky that my sister was with us, my mum, my dad, my brother, um, yeah, and his partner. So there was definitely a crew of us over there. Um, and we spent about a week, maybe two weeks with them. So that was really nice when we were with them because we could pop off and, and do stuff. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad we went. I remember we had the conversation, do we go now with one? Um or do we never go because we wouldn't go with two? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, we were really glad we went, but it was, yeah, crazy times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. Cool. And talk us through, yeah, the end of your pregnancy and if you decided to stick with an elective cesarean and then into your birth story. Yeah, we decided to stick with this elective cesarean until the end so the way it worked was the obstetrician gave us a date so my date was the 26th of July and um yeah it said 7am on the form that you'd be there at 7am so I went home thinking cool my cesarean's at 7am but Mm -hmm. when I had spoken to Carmen she said no the way it works is sometimes there's three or four ladies who you know, have it on the same day and one will be at nine, one will be at 10, one will be at 11 a.m. 
Um, yeah, so she said, you don't know your order until the day. And obviously, if an emergency comes in, then they take priority. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was um, a bit tricky the night before because you can't eat anything. So yeah. I remember being, which sounds silly again, but I remember being really worried that I was going to feel really hungry and feel a bit faint or mm-hmm. something if I was having to mm-hmm. wait um, Yeah, till the last slot. But we... Woke up early in the morning on the Wednesday. Um, it felt really weird saying goodbye to Koa. And I think I didn't let my emotions get the better of me there because mm. I was starting to feel really upset that I was going to have a second baby. Um, yeah. And it wasn't just going to be about Koa. And I honestly mm. thought, he is my whole entire world. How on earth can another baby, you know, mm. come into our little family? Um, but... Yeah, we got to the hospital and we waited in the room and got in our little kit and, yeah, Carmen came to the hospital at about 10 a.m. and she said, cool, we're in in about 10 minutes. So, yeah, we just got wheeled through and the caesarean began, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were you feeling like really different this time around were you like how were you feeling about the actual cesarean um happening and did you do anything different in the room like knowing that you were going to have the cesarean this time what were your sort of thoughts around what you wanted to happen yeah I did feel quite different about it I think I just went in trying not to think about it too much about the actual cesarean and just think more about my babies here soon but it was just such a different experience. I felt so good. My, I'd had, you know, done my hair in the morning and felt good in myself. And mm. um, we went into the room and everyone was kind of just making jokes and the doctors were talking to me about Koa and um, it was just such a relaxed vibe. And I had mm. a playlist in my ears. I had some earpods, but. I actually didn't end up listening to my music because we were all just having such a good time chatting. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and they kind of just said, right, we're, we're going to get started. You'll see your baby in 10 minutes. So, yeah, I just laid back and continued to chat away. And, yeah, then my baby was here. Um, mm-hmm. Carmen videoed the cesarean for us which was really cool to look back on um and yeah it was just such a different experience I just felt so good so awake Mm. so alert um I wasn't exhausted we had plans for Koa my mum had come up the night before and he was off at chipmunks or something having a ball and um yeah there was just no no stress to it it was really really nice calm experience um Mm. and then I didn't have the shakes or anything this time once she came out so she was straight on my chest and yeah I just had her on my chest the whole time that they stitched me back up um and then Hunter had her while they wheeled me into the recovery and yeah it was honestly just I'm so glad I went with the elective cesarean because it was Mm 
just such a great experience for us after, yeah, the emergency cesarean. Um, yeah. There's yeah. a photo of me with Koa in the, um, with that cesarean, and my hair is out the gate, like, scruffy all frizzed up yeah. everywhere my face just looks frazzled I'm like bright red from being exhausted and I'm holding this baby and then my experience with Kiwa is just so different like it's yeah it was it was really nice having the mm. having the yeah. elective cesarean awesome. amazing it's nice to hear that I think like it's just um a good reminder, I guess, for people who might be listening to this, like, there are options in a cesarean section, like, and it is different between an emergency and, like, a planned mm. elective cesarean, I feel like, um, like, the circumstances are just different, but there are still mm. some, like, so many things that you can choose to do in a cesarean birth, even if it is an emergency, yeah. so I think it's just nice to hear, um, yeah, the different sort of perspectives on your two births, it's really nice that you had such a positive experience the second time around as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And how did you find the recovery in the first few, like, you know, the first day or so this time around? Um, how did you go in hospital and what was that first night like? Did you feel like a new mum all over again or was it a bit more like familiar and you felt a bit more confident? Yeah, I definitely felt so much better the second time around, just being a little bit more in the know. And I really made sure that. Yeah. That first latch was a good one, and I had let my midwife know that yeah. that was really important to me. Um, so she helped me, yeah, yeah, that first time, and I think that was honestly the game changer. Like my one piece of advice, yeah, to anyone would be make sure mm -hmm. you get that first latch right, um, because that just changed my journey so bad. There's there's a photo of me feeding Koa where the midwife's like pinching my nipple and putting mm. my nipple in Koa's mouth. Um, like not, yeah, just the worst latch ever. And I think mm. that's when all the trauma started and then it just went downhill. So, yeah, I, I really made sure this time around that my latch was good. Um, and I just felt so lucky the second time around. I think I knew how, how quickly time goes and I just absolutely loved having a little tiny mm. Tiny newborn. Yeah, amazing. And how yeah. did you find going home and um, like introducing Kiwatakoa and being a mum of two at home, also recovering from a C-section, like just so many things. <laughs> um, so how did you find all of that? Yeah, so I planned on going to the birthing centre uh, the following day, but I actually couldn't walk walk yet I felt quite dizzy when I stood up so I just had to wait a bit more oh actually I forgot to mention one of the big things um I actually got the postural yeah, yeah. puncture headaches um after the elective cesarean which was mm. so awful and that was just the one thing about the c-section experience mm. that was so bad but I guess that could have happened yeah. with a vaginal birth as well um but, yeah, I just had mm. these horrific headaches and I had yeah. to lie completely flat. So I ended up having to stay in a hospital for mm. it was two or three mm. days because of these headaches because, yeah, I actually couldn't stand up. Um, 
and they tried a few methods on me like they put drips down my nose and I had to lay back and I guess they administrated a drug that numbed mm-hmm. my nasals or something or numbed the back of my neck or something mm. so that the headaches would stop so they tried a bunch of things for me um and when we left to the birthing center I definitely felt better but I still had the, the headache so I had to have a weight pack on my head yeah. for I think the first week um mm. yeah That's just awesome. so that it would relieve that yeah that headache so yeah that that really sucked I really feel for anyone who mm. who has that because that was quite horrific with a newborn um not well, being able to sit yeah, up or yeah, stand up yeah. but yeah so we went to the birthing center um and that was beautiful and it was really nice to just spend quality mm. time with just kiwa i think i was mindful of that i really yeah. wanted to get home to koa but i remember thinking I'm never going to just have Kiwa again so we yeah we spent those two days at the birthing center really just lapping up her um and yeah when Koa met her he came to the birthing center just before we were coming home and he yeah he loved (laughs) looking at her and he loved to touch her and all of the rest and then and then that was about it. He was yeah. he was done with her. She was, yeah, she was not yeah, interesting yeah. anymore. And um, yeah, uh, he's now that he is just turned two, he's a little bit more interested, and he likes to, mm. you know, give her the odd kiss or the odd <laughs> tap or, mm. um, yeah, yeah, a little smack or whatever. But. Um, generally hmm. he's quite unfazed and it's funny yeah I have we have a some really similar age gap and um I remember Jai yes <laughs> with Ali when, when he first went home it was quite similar like he just wasn't overly interested in him and then the next thing he'd be like trying to pull him off the couch or something like <laughs> yeah it's just mayhem yeah. <laughs> um, I know we can yeah. never ever leave Kiwa unsupervised because He's just yeah. too unpredictable. You don't know if it's yes. going to be a little kiss or a yeah. smack yeah. in the face. No. Or... <laughs> awesome. And uh, how no. are you going like now with your breastfeeding journey? Has it been like quite different to the first time after like getting that help with the latch initially? And I know Kiwi's about three months old now. So how are you going? Yeah, with breastfeeding this time. Yeah, it's just been so different. The breastfeeding's been so good this time around and I honestly just thought I would never ever be able to Mm. breastfeed I just thought it was me and um that was that but no she's just such a different baby I think Mm. babies are just different and she was so different to Koa she just latched seamlessly and she she'll just feed for like three or four minutes and then be done whereas I remember Koa would be Mm. on for a good 50 minutes and yeah at the time I thought that was normal but I guess there's no there's no normal it's just different for everyone but yeah Kiwa's been so good with breastfeeding um she's been exclusively breastfed up until now so Mm. she's not had a bottle yet or uh anything like that because Mm. it's just it's just worked and 
yeah um I haven't touched a pump yeah. this time around which yeah. has been really nice um yeah but I think it might have also been my mindset because this time around I was certain that if yeah. it didn't work it didn't work and I wasn't going to put myself through through that struggle um so I didn't really have yeah. any pressure around it um but yeah just two total different babies and I think that's mm -hmm. important for people to know that you know not just breastfeeding but whatever it was if something didn't work out with your first or was tricky with your first your mm -hmm. second can just be so different um yeah so the feeding's been going going really well mm -hmm. this time yeah yeah that's awesome and have you got any tips for anyone who might have a similar age gap like if you could go back and tell yourself just before Keeble was born <laughs> um or anything that you find like really helpful or um has just been like helpful for the adjustment for COA anything that you'd recommend to yeah others with a similar gap yeah I'm not I'm not sure I'm an expert at all on this one but we... <laughs> you're three months in and you're surviving so I feel like yeah. you are an expert <laughs> uh, we I think we the only thing we do is we just really make sure that COA has attention um mm. and I don't know if it's like that for other people but honestly Poor Key was just had to slot into Koa's life. Um, yeah, yeah. So she just gets dragged along to his little activities. And <laughs> yeah, we just always make sure that Koa still has that attention um, mm. and get him involved with things. He helps with bathing her and yeah. swinging her on her swing and yeah, all of that kind of stuff. But no, we're just a normal family. We've, he's definitely had a shitload of tv in the last few months and um yeah, yeah. yeah we just just do what we've got to do to to survive the days but no yeah. um it's it's actually been yeah really nice seeing them together and I'm yeah. glad we have that age gap because I'm excited to see them um yeah growing up and yeah hopefully being the best of friends <laughs> For sure. The best of friends with about five million fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's so, so funny. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, cool. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us. I think, um, yeah, you've had like a really interesting journey to hear about and I've really enjoyed speaking to you. So I know there'll be lots of people out there that love your episode and I'm just super grateful you're willing to share. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It was really nice to chat and try and remember um, everything. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it. I'd love to hear from you if you want to find me at Kiwi Birth Tales or at Your Birth Project on Instagram or send me an email, Jordan with a Y, J-O-R-D-Y-N at KiwiBirthTales.com. If you've got a birth story to share, make sure you head to Instagram and hit the link in my bio. That'll take you to a form to share your birth story. I'd love to get more of you on the podcast as soon as I possibly can. And once again, I am so grateful that you have me in your ears this week and you've chosen to come back and listen to this episode. So I will talk to you soon. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.